0: Today's going to be kind of a short show today. I just want to talk a little bit about keeping your detector dog up and motivated. And what I'm really talking about is that every detector dog, when he's out and he's working, whether it's the beginning of the search, the middle of the search, towards the end of the search, you should be able to read that dog, look at the dog, and that dog should show that he believes that there's an, ex- he has an expectation that he's going to find something any minute now. He should be working, they should be um, not flat, they should be actively searching, and every dog is going to go through ups and downs in a search where maybe they're going to get a little distracted by something. That's our job as a handler. you know once the we've done the training, we've done everything, now we're down the road, we've passed a certification, we're out deploying the dog. I think one of our most important jobs then is to be able to read that dog and understand when the dog's in drive, when the dog's not in drive, and how do we get the dog? when the dog's showing some distraction or whatever it is that's taking the dog out of drive, how do we put that dog back into drive and get him actively searching again? And I think that's a, a skill set that I see some people struggle with because it's easy to to do your ritual of, you know, get out, tell the dog to search and then follow behind it. But if you're not really being honest and you're not paying attention to your dog and you're not, you know, is the dog actually searching or is he just going through the motions? And, you know, if you if you watch some dogs you know, in your next training day, including your own, you'll see sometimes where a handler will point to something uh, when they're doing detection stuff, a point, the dog will even go by and kind of put their nose in the area where as they're told to do, and then they'll just keep walking. But the dog didn't check that area. So what I'm talking about today is how do we keep that dog to where when you tell him check something, he does it when he's out working? Is he still hunting? If he's not hunting at that point? If he's not actively engaged, how can we motivate that dog and get him back into a hunt? So, I've come up with some pretty good ways to do that. Um, working a bomb dog, um, it's not uncommon that we run into two problems when we work bomb dogs. Is sometimes we do some very long searches. So maybe we'll have a an entire area of say a convention center where we have a VIP coming in, and we're searching a large area for the um, before the VIP shows up. Most dogs, you know, if, they, if they'll if they search 30, 45 minutes, that's pretty outstanding if they're searching that way the whole time, but they're still going to need to be motivated, you know, in that search. So I've come up with some ways there just to keep my dog actively engaged so he doesn't get too flat and he's not just going through the motions. Then also we run into, you know, dogs if they get distracted by things. So, um, so far I've never found the perfect dog. I don't think anyone listening here has either. Every dog is going to have something that distracts them. So like, for example, my, uh, bomb dog is a Labrador and I'm pretty lucky that even though he's a Labrador, he's not distracted by food. So we can uh, train like in a movie theater and all the popcorn on the floor, he'll just go buy it and keep hunting. So I'm lucky there, but his kryptonite ends up being, um, like a field next to a car. So if I need to go search a car and it's a field, not grass, but just wild, uh, uh, area with weeds and stuff. For whatever reason, he's just fascinated by that. So when I have to go search a car in an area like that, I have to really come up with some ways to keep him in the game and to make the game of finding something on this car more important than going out in the field and just sniffing, you know, whether there was bunnies there or whatever it is else. But that's that's my own dog. That's his, his area that I really struggle with. You can't take a dog in that example that when we go to do this car and it's a live search... He wants to go out in this field and kind of sniff around. I can't compel him now to come over to the car and be excited about, okay, I'm going to search this car and I'll forget all about that. So we have to motivate the dog. And I see handlers that maybe they just try to drag the dog in this example. They'll drag him back over to the car and get the dog will go through the motion. He'll walk around the car. He'll put his nose in areas. But is he actually actively searching? The way you can test that and where you can really see it is, I've I've done it many times where I'll set up something where the dog is highly distracted and then tell the handler, give him his toy. And you can take the toy that is usually the most high value reward for the dog. But if they're distracted by something else, drop the toy. Dog might not even care about the toy at that point. So that's when your, your, your whole skill set of how do I get this dog now to care about the toy, care about really searching. So come up with a few different ways. Um, one of the things that I saw recently on social media was should you use cotton balls in a search area? And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but I like doing that. I like doing it for training. I like doing it during uh, real um, searches because it does keep the dog very motivated. Uh, and I'll give you some ideas of how to do that. But to, to start off, really, how much do we need to motivate the dog? And the answer is it depends on the dog, depends on the circumstances. So, if the dog's distracted by something that at that time, you know, you get a lot of drug dogs that will search a car too really well. And then you get them into a house and you're on the fourth bedroom and you're fighting through dog odor. That's a dog you're going to have to start um, really starting to motivate. You can't just com- uh, compulse them to quit sniffing the dog odor and go look for drugs because it's, it's not going to happen with some dogs. So, then you have to come up with a way to get the game going back in the dog. And it, again, what we're thinking, what we're talking about, is that the dog at that point needs to have an expectation they're going to find something, and that the reward for that find is going to be better than whatever is keeping them from actively searching at that time. Whether it's being distracted, and then some dogs just don't have the physical stamina to do it. So maybe if uh, you're, a, if you have, say if you have a drug dog that searches two cars really well, but you're on your third search warrant of the day and you're on your fourth bedroom of the third house you've done that day. The dog might simply be gassed you know and if that's the case you're not gonna be able to motivate him he's gonna have to go back to the car for a little while uh not only rest up but when they go to the car and they get some water they rest up they clear their head then that'll bring their drives back up sometimes just on their own that way too um one of the things that that you run into too is that you selection test a dog one way then in two three four months the dog's out and he's working what the dog that you selection tested is going to be a little bit different. So maybe you thought you had a super high drive dog, but now the dog for whatever reason is maybe, uh, is getting more distracted by something that can sometimes come with uh, a training mistake. It can come with some maturity can come with something you didn't see in the selection test. But the reason I mention that is that basically we all work the dogs we have. So there's no perfect dog and there's no perfect selection test. So, If for some reason you've picked a dog or you've had a dog assigned to you and now you think, oh man, I wish I had this dog or that dog, it's not really possible that we're going to be able to keep sending dogs back till we get the exact perfect dog. So every detection dog handler is going to struggle with the stuff I'm talking about today. It's just that some of them aren't going to be as honest about it. They'll just say, no, my dog never does this. But when you watch the dogs, all dogs will fall out of drive. You'll watch them. They're not searching at some point. And it's your job then to get the dog back into drive. So you should be the expert on your dog. You should be able to look at your dog and realize: Is he going through the motions, or does he really believe that there, you know, that he's just about to find something? Is are his? Um, is he sniffing intently? Is he checking everything? Is his body language showing that he's actually working, or is he just simply walking down the down the road or through the the venue, just acting like he's doing it? So if if you're not uh, if the dog's not ready to to search you know maybe the motivation has to start at the very beginning. So one of the things I like to do is I uh, I'll do a little ritual. So I'll just talk to the dog on the way into the search. Hey, let's go find your toy. And I also really like squeaky toys. So I might even squeak the toy a couple of times. Now we all know the dog knows I have a toy in my pocket, but when I'm squeaking it, then he usually knows. Okay, Dad's gonna throw that. I'm gonna play it. Play. I get a play. So. I'll start motivating my dog, even if he's bouncing around, losing his mind. I will still do the same ritual where I'll tell him, hey, you want to go play? Let's go, let's go find something. And I'll start squeaking the toy, and I'll have him on a leash, and he'll be bouncing around, losing his mind. All that does is pair up that happy thought with the dog and all of those drives that are, are going into the dog at that point, that will pair that up uh, where I can condition the dog that later when he hears that squeak toy, it's going to bring some of that drive back into them. So just because the dog's motivated right now doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing something to to even add on to the motivation and to um, pair some of the things you're going to do with the dog. So I'll just talk to the dog. I'll get the dog out of the car. Even if I'm driving to a search, I'll start talking to him. Hey, we're going to go play. You ready to go play? And uh, both of my dogs, I work a, a bomb dog and a currency dog. Both of them will just lose their mind when I start talking to them. But that's fine. I want them to be excited. And, uh, one of the, the advantages I believe of having two dogs is neither one knows who's going to go work. And it actually kind of pumps them up. There's almost a a competition between the two of them. Like they're, they're They hope they're the ones who I, I call when I open up the door to get out the car. So the motivation should start, you know, the, the second you're on your way to the search, or if you get to the search and you get your dog out of the car and you're walking towards the search area, start talking to the dog, uh, and then set a detection ritual. So one of the things we do a lot of in in our agency with our bomb dogs, um, and then with my my currency dog is a gun dog, gun and currency dog. But we've had a lot of success uh, looking for evidence like shell casings. So as an example of a ritual for both of my dogs, uh, very, very routinely, every single day basically on a, a break, I will take them somewhere and I have some shell casings that I keep in a mason jar. I'll get out and I'll shake those shell casings. I'll take one and I'll throw it out in the grass. When the dog comes out of the car, even if it's he's gonna take a break, because I've done it so many times, both of my dogs, when they come out of the car, they are obsessed with finding the shell casing that I've just thrown out the window. So they'll run around and they won't take a break until they find the shell casing, they get rewarded. I play with them, then I put them up, then I let them out of the car and I tell them go take a break, and then they'll go and actually pee on a tree or something. But by doing that that ritual every single night with both the dogs, that now when homicide calls me and they say, "Hey, we need this area searched," I pull up. I do exactly the same ritual. I shake the the shell casings. I get out. I just the only thing I do different is I act like I'm throwing a shell casing, but I'm not throwing one. So then my dog comes out and he's already pre-motivated from be, doing this every single night. So the dog comes out, gets his nose in the ground, and searches extremely hard for this shell casing that may or may not be there but in the dog's mind his motivation is because he believes it's there because every time it's there if i did shell casings and i didn't do as many shell casings real searches as i do and i didn't have a ritual like this you can imagine in the dog's mind he's going to get out start walking around not really sure am i looking for shell casings am i not looking for shell casings there is no ritual there so when I get my dog out other times and I haven't shook the shell casings in the mason jar, then his nose isn't down. He might be out and he'll be out looking for something at a trash can or he'll be out on a uh, you know, a perimeter search of a, of a building, of a police station. We do those a lot. So he'll have a different um, mindset when he comes out. If I put him on a flexi lead, he's different than if I put him on a six-foot lead. So having all of these rituals for the different types of searches I'm doing is all a way to motivate the dog. And again, that just sets the expectation in the dog's mind that I'm actually going to find something. If the dog doesn't believe that, they're not going to be motivated as well. Um, their drives will carry them through some of that. But every dog needs to have that expectation. So come up with some different rituals for the different things you do. You know, Maybe even write down, here's the five biggest things we do. If, if you're a drug dog handler, you know, I need to search cars well. I need to search lockers well. I need to search uh, luggage well. Come up with different rituals for the dog so that way he knows that when I see you know, a car out on the side of the road with cars going by, um, I really believe I'm going to find something. So there's different, different rituals you can come up with. Keep the dog up there. So part of that too of, of keeping the dog motivated and keeping him on there is by having a pattern. So same thing with uh, if, you know, large venues. I've just taught my dog that at every single trash can, there might be a hide in there. I don't want my bomb dog walking through the convention center and only hitting every fourth trash can. Obviously, that's not a good thing. So I've actually got my dog to where he's almost obsessed with trash cans. So as we walk down, when he sees a trash can, he'll jump up, put his nose deep in it because he believes there's something in there. So you want to have a pattern to whatever is important to you. If you're doing, a, if you're, a, again, going back, if you're a drug dog handler and you're searching cars on the side of the road, your dog should be checking every seam of the car going around the first time because... Not that he wants to run around the car as fast as he can. He wants to check every seam because he believes each seam is going to be the one that's going to get him his reward. You could you could make um, a vehicle on the side of the road a, a training ritual, no different than the shell casings. So you could set up enough training days to where you have vehicles on the side of the road and there's there's hides on those vehicles that when your dog pulls up, he believes, this is it, I'm going to find something. So that way he's motivated. It's important on a drug dog, uh, especially on your training records and on your videos and stuff, to make sure that he doesn't always find something, but we want him actively searching and always believing he's going to find something. because You don't want a defense attorney coming in saying, well, you've just taught your dog to sit at every search. So you want to make sure that the dog is motivated. So on that same scenario, there are times where I will take my dog, when I talk about the shell casings, I'll shake the can when we're on a break. I'll, I'll go out there after I've shook the jar. They believe there's one out there. I fake throw that I've thrown a shell casing out in the grass. I let them run around and they search really, really intently. Get the other one out, let him search for it, put them up. By not finding something that time, all that does is bring their drives up even higher. Because then the next time I do it, then when they come out, it's like I'm going to search even harder because I really want to find it this time. So don't mistake that motivation means that your dog has to find something every time motivation means the dog has to believe he will find something doesn't mean he's going to have to have a find every single time doesn't mean he has to go to final every time doesn't mean he has to get rewarded every time hunting will always add more hunt drive to the dog so just think of getting the dog into hunt drive and a high drive and then hunting and a high drive making it a positive thing and leave them wanting for more sometimes so now how do i do some of these things Uh, how do i get them to check Uh, for example, uh, trash cans every single time. And that goes back to, uh, I saw kind of a long thread, like I mentioned about cotton balls on some social media and people were talking about the, you know, is it good to use a drop aid for example, a cotton ball. So if those of you who haven't uh, ever heard of this or done it or whatever, I take uh, cotton balls and I'll put them with different odors. Uh, A lot of times I'll use a black powder. So I have a mason jar, I've got uh, cotton balls, I put some black powder in the bottom of them. I'll shake them up and I just leave them in that mason jar in my car. So the odor obviously uh, gets permeated into the cotton ball. I can take those cotton balls and throw them into a trash can during my search, before my search, um, somewhere. And it's just a small trace amount of odor, a very small trace amount of odor that the dog has got to really put his nose deep into the trash can and there's a trash can in a public place that's got trash in it and everything else. He's got to put his nose in there real deep to get the right odor and then indicate on it. That really comes in handy because uh, I believe, you know, like say a pipe bomb or something else is not going to have a whole lot of odor. So I want a very small trace amount with a whole lot of other odors around and get my dog to to work it. The good and bad that they were talking about on social media on the using drop aids is somebody, some people said, well, there's not real odor there. There's absolutely real odor there. There's not a real substance there, but the odor is there. The even the Supreme Court has said that yes, there can be odor without having substance left behind. So it's no different than if I came to your house and I burnt popcorn in the microwave, and then I cleaned up everything and maybe even took the microwave because I would I didn't want you to know I ruined your microwave. I took every evidence of it. But when you get back to your house, you're going to know that I burnt popcorn in a microwave at your house. So the odor is absolutely there with a cotton ball, even though there's no more. Um, black powder on it in this example I, but the odors permeate on there so by having these cotton balls i can just take them during my search i can put them out it's a ritual with him if i see maybe he's in a little lower drive or preferably while he's still in big drive maybe it, i'll uh, as he's search up ahead of me i might throw a cotton ball into a trash can and then tell him come back and double check this one have him check it and boom he gets paid i'll use a variable reward system sometimes he gets his toys sometimes he doesn't but it'll get his drive way back up higher and he'll want to actually drag me back to that um, trash can and i'll take him to another one so by being consistently inconsistent with these cotton balls throwing them different places um, he believes that at any point i'm going to find that odor and then i'll get my reward so it's just motivating my dog using cotton balls Obviously, one of the important things is that I need to put out clean, unscented cotton balls very regularly so that I don't just have a cotton ball dog. And then um, recently, I actually um, did a a little test with him and he hit on a uh, cotton um, bag that a lot of people use to put their training aids in that we just happen not to use those, but he hit on one of those. So being honest with myself, it's like, why the hell would he hit on this bag when I don't use those bags? It's because of the cotton balls. So instead of getting frustrated, I just realized I need to put out even more cotton balls with him, make sure that cotton isn't one of his odors. So cotton, I like using cotton balls because cotton's a very common odor. So he smells it all the time anyway, so it shouldn't really trip his trigger. But in certain uh, times it does. One other thing I want to talk about about using these drop aids with these trace amounts of odor is that recently we did a, uh, a class here in, in, in my state that... Homeland Security put on for us, and with the bomb dogs, one of the things that they're uh, finding pretty regularly all across the country. And I'm going to bring uh, one of the guys who's one of the instructors from that on this podcast very soon. And we're going to talk about it. But one of the things that that they found is that um, when you train your bomb dog, and we're doing a, a a pop box, for example, and there's a lot of odor, very prevalent, that the dogs are extremely proficient at. But as we drop that odor down, the dogs were having uh, statistically are having a hard time uh, indicating on smaller amounts of odor. Luckily, when I went through this class, my dog did extremely well on all the different odors that they showed out. And I think that's because my dog does a lot of trace odors. So when I read some of the stuff on social media about how trace odors are bad, let's be honest with ourselves: trace odors actually are are good as long as your dog's not getting distracted by him. He's not only fringing and never going to source, but if all the dog can get is a trace and he'll stay with that, you're going to have a lot better chance of finding, say, a real pipe bomb that, that might not have a whole lot of odor to it. So I like the idea, obviously, of of using uh, drop aids, of using cotton balls. If you have questions about that, just shoot me some emails. I use them a lot. I, I'd be happy to talk to you about that. But just to recap it, you, know, I, you, know, you can cook them with whatever odor you have, if you're a drug dog put them in with you know different drugs and then you can put them out in your search area the nice thing is, is that when you're done you just leave there it's just trash so i can leave them at, at venues and it's a cotton ball in a trash can obviously i'm not going to do that at the airport where maybe another drug uh, bomb dog is going to come by and check it and then cause a problem so obviously common sense comes into play here but if it's just a, a trash can you're going to check it and you know the trash can will be emptied later and not obviously checked by somebody else where you're going to cause a problem. But in general, it's just trash and you can not worry about it. You can also preset these types of things. I could go out and I could put a bunch of cotton balls out in different areas. And then if I get a call, I just leave and cotton balls are, they'll get uh, thrown away. They'll get picked up, but I'm not leaving any odors behind, especially whether it's drug or bomb odors. Besides cotton balls, another way that I really like to, to do it is uh, stickers. So you can go to like your property section and you can get big fat stickers that they use for all the different property evidence get those wrap up those in your odors. so you know we have like uh i know we have right now some that are wrapped around a couple of sticks of dynamite and then we can take those stickers out they have also retained that odor that dynamite you can put the stickers on a wall you can put them underneath a, a desk underneath a chair all the different places that maybe a dog doesn't expect to find something But now you can walk over, you can kind of point to that area where the sticker is. The dog's going to smell the odor. He gets rewarded. Now that dog is going to start believing everywhere dad points, even these weird little areas, there might be an odor there. So now I've just simply motivated my dog to believe that when I point to something, I'll be able to find it. Stickers are really important that if you decide to do stickers, that the same day, the very first day you do stickers, that you also make sure you get some clean stickers that you're real careful with that have no odor on them. So maybe you get your your stickers one day, wrap them up with your aids, put them with your dope aids, do whatever and get them cooking for a day or two. Then the day you're gonna train, make sure that you have nothing on your hands, maybe even glove up, go get some clean stickers that have not been around any of your target odors. Put those stickers out on the wall. Usually what I'll do is I'll put uh, the stickers that have odor on them vertically and then I'll put the clean stickers horizontally uh, I like using white stickers on a white wall. It's pretty. Dogs don't really pay a whole lot of attention to it, but you want to make sure you get the clean stickers out right away because of the glue of the stickers, you know, it'd be real quickly you'll have a, a glue dog as opposed to just your target odor. So, all of these things are really good as long as you also think about what are the what are the other odors and how do I make sure I'm constantly proofing off the dog. Stickers are a wonderful uh, way to keep your dog motivated. If you're a drug dog handler, you can go to some of your hotels that maybe you're gonna check the cars in the lot, go buy some of those and you can stick a sticker up under a real a wheel well of a car that, you know, it'll stay there for a few hours before it probably falls off. Then you can come back in an hour or two later and you can walk through the hotel lot on a, a real car that is not yours and let your dog hit that. you're just gonna motivate him by believing, you know, that when dad's in here searching this lot. We're going to find something good. So these are just motivation aids. Um, we can call them drop aids, motivation aids, or whatever. But the, um, some of the, the discussion was that, oh, no, you should only put out real odor. The problem with putting out real odor is that now i got to sit there with it. And it's only going to be out there for you know 10 minutes, 15 minutes while I let it cook. And I make sure I watch it in this parking lot as opposed to I can put a sticker on it and come back two hours later. If the car's gone, the car's gone. As the car drives down the road, the sticker's going to fall off. We're out nothing. Nothing's going to happen. You're not putting out any real odor. So those are just some different ways um, to keep the dog both motivated out in the real environment. And then the stickers are a really good way to teach the dog that when I point to something, there's going to be odor there. And you can really get dogs to detail very, very well by using stickers because you can put them in different small areas, places where the the dog doesn't uh, typically want to search because it's not, not somewhere. The final thing that I do is, and I mentioned it before, is I like squeaky toys. I like squeaky toys a lot because I make that part of the ritual. So when the dog, we use a marker system. So when my dog has hit final response, I'll tell him free. And then as he's coming back to me to get his reward, I'm squeaking that toy a bunch. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Dog grabs it. He's squeaking it. We're playing with it and it squeaks. So that squeak is also a mark for the dog. So if we're walking along and I'm doing a long gun search with my gun and currency dog, maybe he's starting to get a little bored. All I have to do is reach back with the toy in my pocket and squeak it a couple of times, and I will see a change of behavior. Then he'll kick him back into drive, and he'll start searching the bushes even better because that squeaker is just a reminder of, oh, yeah, we're actually out here working. Dad's going to give that to me as soon as I find the gun that I believe is going to be here in the very next bush. So these are just uh, all different ways, you know, just to recap, read your dog, give you an honest assessment of your dog. Is he actually, is he working? Is he sniffing hard? Is his body language showing that he's actually working? Or is he just out for a walk? And again, every dog at some point is gonna be distracted by something, is gonna be out of drive and out for a walk. It's your job as the handler to make sure that your dog is up and working at his, his peak performance that you can get out of him during the entire search. And this could be something where he's going to search for a little bit. You're going to stop, play with him, get him back into drive, and then search again. But with this, hopefully if you're listening to this, you're still listening. When you go to your next training day, watch all the handlers. And I guarantee it won't take long before you see a handler point to an area that he wants his dog to search. The dog will put his nose in that general area and then move on. And the handler will be okay with that. But in reality, the dog never actually searched that area. So I really think uh, uh, just using different easy techniques. There's a ton of them. So I just talked real quickly about cotton balls and um, stickers, but you could use any item you want to put to soak up with the odor and then put it out. You know, keep it consistently and consistent. Always uh, find I've I've heard of people doing uh, Q-tips. Uh, you name it. I've heard some people using some items that I'm not sure how much odor they would retain, but I assume they probably would. I've heard of a uh, people who use like the plastic poker chips that I assume are porous enough to probably retain some odor and they can just kind of toss those out in the field your imagination is going to be the only thing that will limit you in this so hopefully you know this is just quick 20 minutes just to talk about you know keep your dog up and motivated Uh, watch it watch his body language when he's distracted remember you cannot compulse the dog to leave something that's distracted and now make him be happy about searching so it's our job to now be uh, motivating the dog so hopefully that's some good information for you Uh, this is Jeff Meyer I'm going to sign off Uh, we'll see you in uh, HITS next July in Scottsdale so hitscanine.net for the information and we will talk to you soon thanks if you're looking to make an investment in your canine career come the HITS 2021 there's no substitute for the real thing Whether you're a new handler who's looking to learn more about dog training or an experienced trainer who's looking for new training ideas and techniques, come to HITS 2021 where the investment is well worth the return. HITS 2021 will have more classes and more vendors who give away more free raffles and gifts and free cash than ever before. HITS is the world's largest canine seminar and is open to police officers and military members. Our experience makes the difference. You've been there and we've been there too.